The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Ketubot has been dedicated by our dear friend Mr. Elliot Shasho. Hashem Yishmineu Vehayehu. May the Zikrut of the Limud of Masechet Ketubot stand for him that he should have Be'ajat Hashem, Ashana Tovam Borechet, Osher Ve'osher Ve'chavod, Shalom Bayit, Ve'atzlacha Be'chol Ma'asei Yadav, and Be'ajat Hashem may he continue to be a supporter of Torah and all holy uh, projects. Amen. Today's daf has been dedicated by Mr. Victor Gindi, Hashem Yishmeru V'chayehu, for continued Hatzlacha in all his uh, endeavors, continued success, Biriut, health, happiness, and all good things. Amen. Today's daf has been studying the Lunishmat of Raham ben Esther. And we are six lines from the bottom. Amar Abaye Ba'aleha Umeta Patur which means, let's say you have a case where a person was me'anes, a girl. He went and he uh, violated her, right, against her will. So the law is normally what? The father takes him to betin, and then he has to pay knas to the father. He has to pay 50 shekalim to the father, as we learned in the regular deen of Onis. But in this case over here, she died before the father was able to take him to betin. Before the father was able to take the culprit to the Betin, his daughter died. So Abaye says, Patur. So the guy is Patur for making the payment. Why? Shneemar venatan la'avi ha-na'ara. So the Pasuk says he gives the money to the father of the Na'ara. Na'ara, she's alive. Velo avi meta. And not to the father of the deceased one. So that's Abaye's law. Once the lady dies, before the court was uh, uh, established, before he took the guy to court, there is no payment. So the Gabbana says, What was Pashuta Abaye? Raba had a question on this subject. Raba had the following question. Yesh Beger Bekever? Which means, when a girl dies as a na'ra, does she have the status of a bogeret in the grave? She dies at 12 years old, let's say. She's still a na'ra. Six months later, when technically if she was alive, she would be called a bogeret, does she have a status of a bogeret in the grave? And what would be the nafkamina if she has the status of a bogeret in the grave? She's dead. What's the, what's the nafkamina? So the Gemara says, Yesh beger bekeved, if you say that a lady has the status of a bogeret in the kevet, which means when she matures uh, months later, she'll have the status of a bogeret, udibna have. And therefore the payment will go to her son. We'll see which payment we're talking about. Udilma, or maybe, in beger bekeved, udabi havi. Maybe there's no bagrut in the kevin, therefore she remains in the ara, and therefore the money goes to the father. Now that she explains. Yesh begin bekevet. Imeta benaruta. Let's say she died when she was in the ara. Again, we're talking about a case where the guy was me'anesa, 
and then she died. Okay, and uh, the father didn't take the culprit to the judgment yet. And now by the time the guy, the father took the culprit to bed, she was already a bogeret in the grave. Is she considered a bogeret or not? Now the Gemara is going to explain what's the nafkamina. Yes, begin bekeber Rashi. V'chiyehi deim lo espika laamod bedin ad shebagra. Now we have a law. Let's say she was alive and she was a bogeret. She, she was violated when she was a nagalah. Then when she became a bogeret, she um, uh, the uh, father took the culprit to din. Since he didn't get around to taking him to deen until she was a bogeret, we learn later on, She gets the money. There's a rule. Let's, let's review the rule. And Nara, that was violated. Right? So now the father has a right to bring the culprit to court and get money. If he didn't get around to bringing him to court until his daughter became a bogeret, she keeps the money. Now, so now, now we understand the nafkamina. If you're going to say yesh beger bekever, that what? That if she has the status of a bogeret in the kever, so if the father doesn't get around to take the guy to the to the bedin, now she's considered a bogeret in the kever. Now the money belongs to her. Now she's dead. So you'll give it to her children, because her children inherit her. But if you say in bagrupe that means once she dies, she's frozen. She remains. She remains whatever she was when she at the time of death. She remains an ara. So no matter when the no matter when the father takes the culprit to betin, she starts the status of a ara. And if who's going to get the money? He'll get the money. So that's enough kamina. So comes the Gemara and says, Umi me'avra. The Gemara says, hold it. The way you're understanding the question, that means she had to get pregnant and she had to have a child. Because you're saying that if there is bagrut bekever, that means the money is going to go to the child. Hold it. Is it possible for a lady to get pregnant and give birth when she's a kitana or a ni'ara? Why? There are three ladies that are able to use what's called a mukh. What is a mukh? Mukh is like a sponge that they place in the makom over there, where the zera will not be able to enter. Now, the reason why these three ladies are able to use a mukh, we're going to see the reasons. But three of them, it's not considered zera matala. Because normally a lady cannot put a mukh over there because then she's wasting the, the seed. But these three ladies, we're going to see, she can use a mukh and it's not considered hachatat zera. Who are they? Elohim. Kitana, a minor. Umi uberet, a lady that's pregnant already. Umi nicha, and a lady that's nursing. I think it explains each one. Kitana, what's the reason why a minor, that's a girl up until 12 years old. Why is she able to use a mukh? Shemitit aber vitamut. Because we're concerned, while a minor, a kitana, can get pregnant, but we're concerned she's not going to be able to give birth. She's going to die. And then, because when a kitana gets pregnant, it's sekanafa. So therefore, the deen is, she's allowed to use the moch in order that she should not get pregnant, because if she gets pregnant, she's going to die. Me'uberet, why can a pregnant lady use a moch? Shemitase ubra sandal. Because she's pregnant already. We're concerned that she might have a second pregnancy. Even though she's pregnant, she can get pregnant again at the same time. And that new child that's got pregnant is going to push the baby that's in her and cause him to become what's called a sandal. 
she becomes deformed, like in a flat in the body, and he becomes like a uh, like a fish, as she says. Mimika, what's the reason why a nursing lady is able to use a moch? Shemetigmol itbena. Because we're concerned that what happens when a lady gets pregnant? When a lady gets pregnant, her milk dries up. And therefore, what's going to happen? She's not going to have milk to nurse her baby. And her baby might die because there's no milk. So for a nursing lady, also can use a moch to stop her from getting pregnant. Now, the Gemara analyzes. The Izui Kitana. Well, you told me a Kitana can use a moch. What is a Kitana? Mibat ahat esleshana v'yomehad. Ajtem esleshana v'yomehad. From 11 to 12. From 11 to one day to 12 one day, she has a deen of a Kitana. Pachot mikan. Which means less than 11. V'yeter alken. Meshameshet kedarka. She has tashmish, the regular even without a moch. V'holechet. Devnede bimi'ir. But let's analyze. Less than 11, she's not going to even get pregnant. Because she's a ketana, therefore she don't even have to worry about using a moch. She only has to start using the moch at 11. More than 12, now already what? She doesn't use a uh, moch, because she can get pregnant at 12 years old, and nothing's going to happen to her. Now, that's All the cases, a Ketana, 11 years old, or a Me'uberet, or a Minika, they all have Tashmish regular animal. They rely on Hashem, Nachamim. But Olam will have mercy, nothing's going to happen. Because God watches the. God literally God watches the fools. Which means even though they do something that's wrong, God will protect them. Good. Now let's analyze it ourselves. We have a situation over here where we're looking for a case where you have a Nara, she was violated. Okay? Then what happens? She uh, died. Okay? So now the question was, is the bagrut in the kever? If she becomes a Mogadit in the kever, the money belongs to her. And therefore, since she's not around, her children will get it. So now we're analyzing. Well, when did she get pregnant? If she got pregnant at 11, the baby's not going to come out. Less than 11, she's not going to even get pregnant. So you're going to tell me, must be the case was, she got pregnant maybe at 12 in a day, when she's now with the baby can uh, live. But what? She had to die when she's still in the Ara. That means what? The baby had to come out within six months. Because she has to have a baby before she dies. Now we have a rule. A baby cannot live until it exists at least for six months and one day. It's got to enter the seventh month. Six months and one day. So you'll never have a case of a na'ara. Even if she got pregnant, let's say, when she was 12 years and one day when she was a na'ara. Good, so she can, she can remain pregnant. But she has to die before she's a it. So let's say she died at 12, uh, 12 and six months. So the child only was there for six months. The baby is not going to come out. The baby cannot be alive. So you'll never have a case of a ne'ara getting violated at 12 in a day, pregnant, that will be able to have a baby. So the Kabbalah says, Vechitema, maybe you're going to tell me, De'ibira kishi ne'ara, maybe she got pregnant when she was a ne'ara 12 in a day, De'olida kishi ne'ara, she gave birth when she was still a ne'ara, meaning six months later. Upshita yarhe miki yalda. Can a lady give birth in six months? She cannot. We know that the difference between Naran and Bogeret is six months. And therefore, if she gave, got pregnant at 12 in a day, so therefore, six months later she's ready to Bogeret, it's not enough time for a baby to come out. 
Maybe when Shemuel made a statement and said that the difference between Na'arut uh, and Bagrut is six months, he means minimum six months. But maybe it could be even more. Can't be. He says the word Ela, which means it's Dafka, six months. So we have a question again. Our question is very simple. Give me the case where you can have a girl that is a Na'ara. Rabbi's uh, question that she died is the bagrut bekever nafkamina. Do you give the money to a child? How could she have a child? Mathematically, it, it, it doesn't work out. Yeah. Now let's look at Rashi. Let's look at Rashi vechitem. Vechitem on mebatchtem esrevi yom ehad. Maybe the case is talking when she was twelve in a day. She She reached the stage of nara. Nitabera. She got pregnant. Viyalda benarut, and she gave birth when she was still in nara. Umeta benarut, hanamileta. You cannot be. Tamar shmuel em benarut the bagrut elashi shachodashim. Now, when we say nara, it means that she says mishetabish tesarot. Have ya nara? It's not enough for her to be twelve years old. Just give me your laws now. When we say nara, means twelve years old and a day plus. She brought sarot. Beotan shetabi mishtem asishana vahala. But from the time that she brings hair, man, 12 in one day, what's Sa'arot? Until she becomes regaled, she's Shachodashim. It's only six months. Betula. Now, so the, and she cannot, the baby will not come out in six months. It will not will be alive in six months. So we don't have the case. That she says, And the brighter that said, that from 12 years old, If she gets, if she gets pregnant, she's not going to die. But Sa'arot. Kodim It's talking about a case Dafka where she got pregnant after she was twelve in a day and has Sarot. She can be twelve years old in a day, but she doesn't have Sarot. And she says Ketanai. She has the status of a Ketana. The reason why it says twelve twelve years, because that she's telling you now now it's not depending on years. It's really dependent on Sarot. So that she says, Which means less than 12 years old, even if she brought hair, it's nothing. It's considered Shuma. That's what it calls it. It's just, uh, she's premature, but it's not considered anything. So therefore, you need two things to be considered an Ara. You need 12 years in a day, plus Sarot. And if she got pregnant at that time, the pregnancy will be good. But she needs only six months in a day to give birth. But we need a case where she dies when she's still late. Na'ara. So therefore the Gemara is asking, what do you mean, yesh pagrut pekeber, what do you mean for a child? So the Gemara says, ela haki kamebayale. So this is the question of Rabbah. Yesh beger bekeber. do you say that what? Yesh beger bekeber. av, and therefore the father loses his right, and nobody gets the money. Meaning not her, because she's not around, and she doesn't have children obviously, and just will say this, pagrut pekeber, and the father loses his Rights that she says upakab pakat tviat av meaning he loses his rights to claim vezacha labemashviyado and the culprit just keeps what he has sheil baal dino kayam because the girl is not around anymore veknas labma monu laorishol laaviyah betorat yirusha kol kamad logavte which means this is a knas payment we have a look knas is not a you know yoresh a knas so which means let's say in a case where let's say the father uh, the girl was a Bulgarian when she was alive, and the father claimed, so the money goes to the uh, daughter. Once the money goes to the daughter and she dies without children, the father would be Yorish. But in this case over here, 
since it's a uh, uh, it's a knas over here, right? And the father did not claim anything yet. So therefore, Abayah's question is, do you say that she's considered Bogeret in the Kebet? She's considered Bogeret in the Kebet, and the father didn't claim anything until she became a Bogeret, so he loses his claim. He cannot even be... And that's one side. Or Dilma and Begit Bekebet. Maybe you say no. When she dies in the Ara, she remains in the Ara and the Kebet, and therefore, below Paka'av. And therefore, the father still has a claim. So that's Abayah's... That's Abayah's question. More Barav more Barav has a different version in Rabba's quandary. He only like this. Mita ose bagrut or en osa bagrut? That's a different question. More Barav is learning Rabbi Yisafek like this. We don't, let's say, a Bogeret has a deen what? When she's, she is Bogeret and the father makes the claim against the culprit, she gets the money. That's the law. We want to know like this. When a lady dies, maybe automatically she has a deen of a bogeret. Not you have to wait six months. Maybe mita is like bagrut. She dies when she's 12 years old, 12 in one day. Maybe the second she dies, right away she has the status of a bogeret. Nafkamina, now the father cannot have uh, claims anymore. Because already she's a bogeret. And the money goes uh, to her. And she's not around. No, no. Which means maybe I'll just tell you, death itself... Gives her the status of a bogeret. Death itself. Forget about waiting. Death itself immediately. All they tell me, no. Death does not have the status of a, uh, a bogeret. Then when she remains in the arad of the father, can't have a claim. Look at that she. That she says, Mor lo He's not asking the question like we learned till now. If the six months does she have a deed of bagrut? That's not the question. When she dies, when she's in the mi paka ki bagrut de mehayim olo. Do we say just like if she was a Bulgarian when she was alive, the father loses his claim? So to I'll tell you, death is like Pagrut. Once she dies, she loses the claim. Which means, according to this version of understanding now, we understand what the Gemara said previously. The Gemara said previously, Abaye discussed this case. Abaye said what? When a girl dies, already there is no claim anymore. Because it says, and therefore you don't give it to the father of the deceased one. Very nice. So the Gibbala said, that which Abaye took as pursuit, Rava had a question. Now we understand, according to this version, we understand what Rava's question was. Which means, he had that sefik. Do you say that when she dies, he still has a claim? And I'll tell you what, that Mita is not like a Bulgarian. Or maybe I'll say, she doesn't have a, he doesn't have a claim. Because Mita is like a Bulgarian. Which is what Abaye was pursued to say, what? There's no more claim to the father. To that, Rabbi Sefik, maybe there is still a claim after death. So according to this version, the Gebra's language above that said, Because exactly Abaye's fact, Rabbi was questioning, which is, Abaye's fact was, once she dies, it's over. So, which is, Abaye's really saying, she's not going to get it. The, the, husband has, the, the father has no more claim. Where Rabbi, in that exact case, is coming along to say, hey, I don't know. Maybe Mita is like a Bulgarian, and you're right, Abiyya, there's no claim of the father. Or maybe no, maybe Mita is not like a Bulgarian, therefore there is, there is a claim. So it was in this version that the Gemara said above, that was Pashut uh, Abiyya is misupak to Rabbah. Good. Comes the Gemara and says, to the answer to this question, the Gemara says, Tiku. Gemara leaves it in a Safek. Fairly our Nabi. 
Now the Gemara goes further. Now Rabah has a question from Abayah. New question. So let's say the guy was Ma'anis, the lady. Now before the father got around to take her to the uh, take the culprit to the Betin, his daughter got engaged. So the question is, who gets the money? Which means, does the father get the money? Or do we say maybe she gets it? Because now she's already nitarsa. Now obviously the question is only being asked according to the shita of Rabbi Akiva that we learned earlier, that in the previous staff, that says that even in Arusa, Shinit Garsha gets the money. Which means she there is a knas in such a case. So the Kshashela over here is, uh, you have a case where a lady was uh, inside before she got engaged. And what happened? After she got uh, raped, so then before the father did anything, she got engaged. So now the question is, the father takes the culprit to the betin. Who gets the 50? Does she get it? Because now she's not outside. Maybe there's someone else she gets it. Or does the father get it? Amar so Abayah says, Mi does it say that you give it to the father? To the father of the Na'ara, that's not engaged? Which means it doesn't say anything. It just says, It doesn't stipulate that the father of the Na'ara, who's not engaged, even if she's engaged, the father gets it under all uh, circumstances. So the Gibbons Vilatamech. According to you, Haditanya Ba'aleha, same case, let's say a guy violated a lady, Vinisit. Oh, then she didn't get engaged, she got married, there it says, Le'atzma. There when she got married, the law is, she gets the money. Does it say the pasuk that you give it to the to the father of the girl who's not married? It just says you give it to the father, which is my, even if she's married. Which means, why you tell me when it comes to Arusa, the father gets it. But by Nisua, uh, she gets it. What's the difference? It just says the pasuk It doesn't say So he comes along and says Achi when you're comparing the case of Arusa to the Su'ah, which means a lady who's a Nisu'ah who's married is like a Bogeret. Ma Bagrut, just like a Bogeret. If let's say she was violated when she was a Na'ara, Ubagrat, and she became a Bogeret, the money goes to her, because a Bogeret is in her own domain. Af nisu'in, so to nisu'in, ba'aleha, if let's say the guy violated when she was a na'ara, and then what? She got married, then that's it, la'atzma, which is, nisu'in is like a bogeret, she's to herself. And then she gets it. However, ela edusin, nika mafkim mishutin de'av, de'gamre, when she gets engaged, she's still in the domain of the father. Because we learned in the Mishnah, Ne'aram orasa, avia ubala mefilim la nedareha. Which means when a lady is engaged and she has a nedir, let's say, she cannot be absolved from a nedir unless the father also absolves the nedir. So you see that in Arusa is still under the jurisdiction of the father, the Inyan, nedarim. So therefore, Abayi Kulun says, what are you talking? By Nisu'ah, I understand why she gets the money. Because Nisu'ah already she's like a bogeret. 
But a arusa, she's still under the father's jurisdiction. Let's read Rashi. Rashi says, Bogeret motzi'am reshut'av. Once a lady, a girl becomes organic, she's out of the jurisdiction of the father. Telo matzinu shezechtal lo Torah bebito, ela mecher bekatnut. Which means we only know a father has rights to her daughter when she's a ketanah. For example, he can sell her when she's a ketanah. Ushar shebah, or other types of profit, kegon kenasah, ma'asiyadeh, different monies, or her profit, or of her work. Benarut, he gets that so long as he's a ne'ara. However, once she becomes a bogeret, the Torah does not give the father any rights. So to a nisu'ah, which is, for example, a lady that's married and she makes a ne'edet, the father has no rights to nullify the ne'edet. So therefore, you see what? Just like a bogeret, she gets the money. Nisu'ah, she gets the money. Masha'ekin arusah, she's still under the jurisdiction of the father, at least the gabeh, hafarah, and that. Even if says, in the case of arusah, she indeed... Uh, does not get the money, the father will get the money. Comes the next Mishnah. Now we start to discuss the case of seduction. A person that seduces a girl there are three payments that he has to make. The Mishnah will tell us what those three payments are. Va'ones arba'a. And somebody that's me'anesa girl has to make four payments. Mishnah. Ha'mefateh noten boshet upegam uknas. Boshet is for the shame, as the compensator. Upegam, because he devaluated her value by being with her. The knas and the knas of 50 shekalim. Mosif alav ones. Ones has a fourth payment, shenoten et tatsa'ar. That he has to compensate her for the pain. Ma bin ones le mefateh. What is the difference between an ones and mefateh? Ha ones noten et tatsa'ar. Again, the ones has to pay for tsa'ar, for pain. The mefateh in noten et tatsa'ar. Good. And the mefateh does not have to pay for pain. Shta continues. Ha ones noten miyad. The payments of owners has to be done immediately. Now even though the law says that a, a man that's necessarily has to marry her, but he has to pay the payments even before he marries her. Which means it's immediate. When it comes to mefateh, the law of the Torah is that a mefateh has uh, the law that if he marries her, he does not have to make the payments. He only has to make these payments in the event that he divorces her. So, when he divorces her. And we'll see that inside the uh, Gemara. Because the Pasuk says, meaning, if he marries her, then already no payment. But the Pasuk says, if he refuses to marry her, so then already the deen is, then already it says, Kesef, he has to, he has to pay. Kesef, you should Fine. And we'll see exactly in the Gemara this understanding. Ha'ones shote ba'asiso. Which means, the man that rapes a girl, literally drinks his cup. 
We'll see what that means in the uh, Gemara, which means he has to marry the girl regardless, even if she's lame, even if she has uh, problems, deformities. Listen, he has to drink from the cup that he was with. You're stuck. You have to marry her. Which means, by the case of Mephateh, by the seduction, if he wants to divorce her, he's able to divorce her. He's not obligated to stay with her. He's not obligated to marry her. So what's the case where you tell me a honest has to drink from the cup which means he's stuck? Even if she's lame. if she's blind. Even if let's say she is uh, has boils and things like that. That's it. He has to drink from the cup. He has to marry her. But let's say we find out that she has Dabar Airva. She, she's not, uh, uh, she becomes, she, she, she's, she's asutim because she's, uh, let's say, Irva. Uh, right? She did something which would make her uh, illegal for the Me'anes to marry her. Right? That's what we're talking about, Dabar Irva. Okay? So the deen is, let's say, she went with somebody, she was Mizaneh. Uh, after she got married, the, the honest the man is married her, and then she was zinta. She went uh, uh, and she uh, uh, went with somebody else. Oh, she had a reality of Israel. Well, let's say she's a mamzeret. Eno nashay lekayima. So then the law is he cannot stay married with us. Shneimar velo tiyel isha. By honest it says, and she will be to him for a wife. Isha reuyalo. Only if she's reuya to stay married. But if she's not reuya. So then already, of course, he's not allowed to remain married. Okay, now the Gemara begins to analyze. Gemara says, Tsa'ar demai. Which means, you told me in the Mishnah, that in Ones, a guy that's manisly has to pay for pain. But what pain are we talking about over here? Amar Abu Dishmuel says, Tsa'ar shehavta al karka. The son that when he raped the girl, he threw her to the ground. So therefore the pain that she has when she's thrown to the ground, so for that you have to pay her tzar. But Kifla Rabizera, so Rabizera has a question, Let's say he threw her not on the ground, let's say he threw her on silk, he threw her on a mattress, where it's comfortable. You tell me he doesn't have to pay tzar? And maybe you'll tell me, yeah. He doesn't have to pay. Can be that and yet from you down man, Mishum to be Shimon. Honest Eno Mishalimitatsaar. We have a statement that says, an honest does not have to pay for tsar. Because anyway she's gonna have that suffering under her husband. Which means Obviously we're talking about a type of tsa'an that is found also if she would have gotten married. Now, if you're telling me that it's talking about hibut karka, that you threw her on the ground, well when she gets married the husband doesn't throw the girl to the ground. It's just that when a girl is nif'ilit, be honest, it's more painful than when it's done beratzon. But the point is, it's not the habatala karka. It's something else. It's a different type of tsar. 
which means Abu Dishmael, don't tell me that the subject over here is Tsar of Hibut Karka, the Tsar of that one you threw on the ground, because the Gemara clearly says that according to one opinion, there's no Tsar by honest, because anyway she's going to get the same Tsar by her husband. So now, what do you mean same Tsar? So obviously we're talking about a Tsar that's found even by the husband. Now, the husband doesn't throw the girl to the ground. Now the Hakamim argue on that. They say, no. The tzad that's found by the onus is more severe than the tzad that's found by the husband. But still everybody agrees it's the same it's the same tzad. So now the question is, what are we talking about? What's the tzad then? The tzad when he spreads her raglayim, when he spreads the legs, which means when the mifateh goes with her, it's, I'm sorry, when the onus goes with the lady, the sad is pisuk It seems that when the husband goes with her, so it's uh, the pisuk and he spreads the leg, it's not so uh, painful. But the onus, the pisuk that's the pain. Vechinu omer, and the Gemara proves this, that there is a sad by pisuk raglayim. Uh, the Gemara quotes a pasuk in Yehazkel, Right, says that the lady uh, spread her legs to anyone that was passing by. I mean, she's talking about a zona. But you see that there's what? Pisuk There's the spreading of the legs. The owner has to pay for the tzar when he spread from, from the spreading of the legs. That hurts her. So the Gemara says, so the Gemara says, wait, if that's the case, when a person seduces a girl, he also spreads the legs. And the assumption is, he does it in a way that's more painful than, let's say, if it was a regular husband. So therefore, the Gemara is assuming at this point that the Mifateh also causes a pain. So why don't you have to pay Tzahar? So the Gemara says, So the Gemara is going to say, no. Even though it might be a little painful by the Mifateh, but it's not as painful as a... And the Gemara gives different examples of what the mifute uh, spreading the legs would be compared to. It's like a guy that tells his friend, "Rip my, uh, rip my silk." I Meaning he's giving permission. I'm giving you permission to rip my silk, and be patur. Which means it's like the case over here. The girl is telling the the guy she, she's being seduced. It's willingly. So it's like she's saying, "I'll let you pain me, and you'll be off the hook." It's like if I tell a person, "You could rip my silk, and you'll be off the hook." So therefore, that's why you don't have to pay for the tzad of the mifut. Even though there might be some tzad in the spreading of the legs, but she's forgiving it. She's saying, "Listen, uh, you could do it, and I'm not hail you." So the Gemara says, "Shili, what do you mean?" It's not her payment, which means the tzad doesn't go to her. The abu ninu, it goes to the father. The father gets the payment of the tzad. And therefore, she has no right to be mochel on the father's payment. So the Gebran says, The wise ladies explain like this, Mifuta en la tzad. Which means a mifuta, there's no pain. Which means the spreading of the legs of a mifuta is no different than a husband. Which means there's no pain. And therefore there's no tsar. What do you mean? We see that there is tsar when they're spreading of the legs even by a mifuta. So Abaye Kazun says, My mother said, or some say his nurse, because Abaye was a orphan. It's like putting hot water on a bald man's head. Which means, even though there's some tsar, when you pour the hot water initially on a bald man's head, 
but it's pleasurable, which means eventually he has anah. So it's the same thing, even though there might be some tzad initially when he spreads the legs, but there is a pleasure as well. So the pleasure outweighs the Tzad. Rava says, the daughter of Rav Hazda told me, which the daughter of Rav Hazda happened to be Rabba's wife, Ki That's like the uh, vessel that's used to bloodlet. Which means, even though when you, let's say, puncture to make the bloodletting, it's painful, but there is a hana'ah to let blood out. So the pleasure of the bloodletting outweighs the tsa'ar to actually make the incision. The papa says his wife, who was the daughter of Abbasura, said, It's like a person that's eating uh, bread that is rubbing against his gums. Which means even though it's a little painful, but there is a hana in the bread. So eating. So the same thing over here, you're right. Even though technically lying, but the pleasure outweighs it. Therefore there is no payment by a mefuta uh, even for the pisuk laglayim. Comes the Gibran says, Haones noten miyad. Which is the person that rapes a girl, he has to pay her the payments immediately, even before he gets married. Because the language of the Pasuk says that which means first he pays him the money then he gets married but the payment is immediately however which is when it comes to uh, it's only if he married her and he divorces her so the Gemara says it says when he divorces her which means where, where did we say that he married her? Which is the Mishnah's language was to mifateh when he divorces her. So the Gemara asks, "What do you mean? Ishtohi? Who, who said it's, it's his wife? Miklav? What do you mean? They're not even married." Meaning, you're right; they weren't married. But once he makes a decision that he doesn't want to marry her, then already has to make the payment. Which means, by mifuta, the law is like this: if he ends up marrying her, then a hundred percent he has to. He doesn't have to make any payments. He married her. However, the payment of Mifuta is only if he decides not to marry her, then he has to make the payment. So the Mishnah's language should be when he doesn't decide to marry her. We have a Braita to support this. Even though we say that the Mifateh, he only has to pay the Knas of 50 when he decides not to end up marrying her. However, which means, but the Bosh to Pegam, those other payments, the payments for embarrassing her, and to Pegam for the devaluation of her, now the fact that she's a Be'ula, that has to be paid immediately. So the only payment that's dependent on whether they get married or not, is the 50. Whether it's an Ones or a Mefateh, Ben Hi U Ben Abiha Yechodim La'akev. Oh, now this law says over here, whether it's an honest, where the law is that he has to marry her, the father is able to ma'kiv, he's able to say, I don't want you marrying my daughter. Or a mifateh, if let's say the mifateh wants to marry, the father in both cases has a right to be ma'kiv, to protest. Which means, uh, that which we said, that if he wants to marry her by the Mifateh uh, case, it's only with the Da'at and the consent of the father. Which means both in the honest case and in the Mifateh case, it has to be with the father's consent. And the father has the right to be Ma'kiv.
So the Gemara says, "Bishlama mefuta." I understood in the case of mefuta ketiv, im ma'en yima'en aviha, which means the pasuk clearly says, if the father refuses to let the uh, girl get married, eli ela aviha. Well, from there I know only the father has a right to marry He atzma min. How do I know that she also has a right? To, uh, to, to refuse. We have a double language. So I understood my mefute, whether she doesn't want, she has a right to say, I don't want to marry this guy, or the, she could say, I want, and if the father refuses, he also could be makin. Good. Because that says, Ima'in, Ima'in. But let's go to the honest case. I understand that she, she has a right to refuse, because it says, which means, and he will be to her as a wife. Well, tiyeh mashma midata. That has to be willingly. She doesn't want. She doesn't want. Ela aviha minalan. But how do you know that the father by onus also has a right to refuse? So Amar Abaye says a sevara shelo niskar, which literally means we don't want the sinner to be rewarded. Now, how would the sinner be rewarded? So let's analyze it like this. Let's say he didn't rape her. In a regular case of a guy who wants to get married to a nara, he needs the father's consent. Now you're going to tell me because he raped her, he doesn't need the father's consent. So now already, which means that if he didn't sin, he would need the father's consent. Now you tell me that he does sin. Now he doesn't need the father's consent. You're rewarding the sinner. So that's why Abayir says the father has a right to refuse as well. Rava gives a different logic. Rava Amar Kabahomeh. He makes a Kabahomeh. And he says like this. Uma mifateh. Shelo avar ela aldat aviha bilvad. Which is the mifateh is a little better than the onus. Which means the mifateh only violated the father's will. She, he, he didn't violate the girl's will because she did it willingly. He only went against, let's say, the father's will. Because no father wants her daughter before marriage to be seduced. And still, since he only went against the father, but not the girl, and still what do we say? Both he and the father can be, both uh, he, meaning uh, the, um, the girl, and the father have a right to be na'akev, because the Torah clearly says by Mifateh, that the father has a right to say that he doesn't want it to marry uh, Onis. The case of the rape, they already he went against both of them. Not only did he go against the girl, but he went. Not only did he go against the father, but he went against the girl, against the will as well. Locals should get all the more so. Both of them should have rights to uh, refuse. Which means, if in the case of Mefateh, where he only went against the will of the father, and still you're telling me. Both of them have a right to refuse. So all this way he went against both of them. Again, both have the right to refuse. So the Gemara says, Rava lo amar How come Rava didn't give the reason of Abayah, meaning that the reason why the father can refuse is because of Chotet Niskar? So he says, Keban de kam meshalem knas lav Chotet Niskaru. Because Rava's logic is, listen, once already the guy has to pay a knas, which is once in the ornage, you're making him pay 50, we don't say Sivarab Chotet Niskar. He's not being rewarded. He once has to pay 50, there's no Sivarab Chotet Niskar. Now why didn't Abayya say like Rabba? Why didn't he make that Kabah Homer? So the Gemara says like this, Which means by the case, the Matsi in the case of Mifateh, he himself could be Ma'akev, which means 
the Mifateh himself, there's no obligation for him to marry this girl. He himself can say, I don't want to marry. So, So therefore the father can also be Ma'akiv. However, Onis, the Onis, the culprit over here, he cannot be Ma'akiv, because the Torah says, Veloti Elisha. So, Which is just like, he cannot be Ma'akiv, the father cannot be Ma'akiv. Oh! So therefore, the only reason why the father ultimately will be Me'akiv is Which means, don't make a government for Mifateh to honest. I'll tell you, by Mifateh, the rule is like this. Just like the Mifateh can be Me'akiv, doesn't have to marry her, so the father has the same law. Mashigan honest, he can't refuse, so the father should not be able to refuse. Oh, so why can't he refuse? Only because of Sifra of Hoteh Niskar. Now, even though we said the money of the honest has to be paid immediately, who, which means in the event, let's say, they get a divorce after they get married, the law is going to be in la alav klum. He does not have to pay her a kitubah. Which means, all the payments are made, meaning the 50 shekalim, even before they get married. Okay, Now let's say they get married. When, if in the event he divorces her, he does not have to pay kitubah. So the Kabbalah says, hold it. Kishiyotzi, when he divorces her, mi matzim mapikla? He's not allowed to divorce her. The pasuk says, lo yuchal shaleha. Once a person's man, this lady has to marry and he cannot send her out. So what do you mean when he divorces her? So the Gemara says, Ema he, which means if she, let's say, demanded a get, right? She's asking out, there is no payment, which means the law is like this. The knas is the ketubah, which is when he pays the 50, we consider that 50 as if he paid a ketubah already. Therefore, when he gets married, and now let's say the girl wants out, it's as if she got a ketubah already. The knas is in lieu of the payment of the ketubah. Or for example, let's say uh, he dies. He dies, she doesn't get the ketubah. The kesip of the knas takes care of the ketubah payment. And the Gemara says, Met... Good. If he dies, when normally if first husband dies, the lady gets ketubah, payment. Here, no, the class is the ketubah. So comes the Gemara and says, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yudah, yesh la ketubah mane. No, even if he pays the knas, still she gets a ketubah. She gets a hundred uh, mane of ketubah. She gets a payment of the ketubah. So now we have a fantastic mahalukun over here. A guy that was mad, this a lady. Now he has to marry her. She asked for a divorce. Is there a ketubah or not? So we have a machloket. Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yudas coming along and saying, what? Yeshla ketubah. Whereas we saw, uh, Tanakama says, ena ketubah. Bemaika mepalgis. So what's the source of this machloket? Rabbanan sabri, the rabbis hold, ta'amam maitikinu rabbanan ketubah. What's the reason why the rabbis established the ketubah? What's the logic why you need the ketubah in the first place? Kedeshelote kala be'inav lotzi'ah. We don't want it to be easy on a man to divorce his wife. Once already he knows if he divorces, he has to pay money, so he's going to think twice before he divorces. So the ketubah is like a, it's a safety 
in order to protect that they won't be easy for the husband to divorce. But in this case, you don't need a safety because the Torah says he cannot divorce her. So therefore, there's no need for a ketubah. Which means, in this case, you still need a ketubah. Because, now that there's no, uh, if there's not going to be a ketubah, you're right. Even though he's not allowed to divorce her, but he's going to mitzahir her. He'll cause her so much grief until she's going to say, I don't want you. So how are we going to protect the lady that she shouldn't be subject now to a husband that's paining her in order to, to get rid of her? So he established a ketubah for her. So now once already is a ketubah for Maneh, he's not going to pain her because he doesn't want to pay the uh, ketubah. So the reason there is a ketubah in order to protect her from the pain. Now she says, Okay, so therefore that, that's the rule of the Mahogan. Let's review this Mahogan again. According to Tanakama, he's going to come along and say, you don't need a Ketubah in this case, because the whole purpose of the Ketubah is what? So that's not easy for the husband to divorce, because he's going to think twice, because now he has to pay money. But in this case, anyway, he's not going to divorce her, because Torah she can't divorce her. The Biyosek comes along and says, no, you have to pay a Ketubah of a Maneh. Why do you have to pay a Ketubah Maneh? Because if you're not going to pay a Ketubah, you're right, the guy cannot divorce her. So what is he going to do? He's going to admit Sa'ira. And he's going to cause her so much Sa'ira, where she's going to come along and say, I want to get. So how are you going to protect the lady from a husband that's going to admit Sa'ira? So they're going to establish a Ketubah Maneh. So now already, once he knows he has to pay Ketubah Maneh, he's not going to admit Sa'ira because he doesn't want to pay. And therefore, even a honest case where the lady eventually gets married, the is going to be a Kitubah Alibad Rabbi Yosef. Baruch Adonai Amen ve'amen.